1: Welcome to A to Z Sports Primetime from the Superbook Sports Studios. I'm your host, Buck Rising, and I'm proud, as always, to be presented to you by our friends at TrueMath Fitness in the Gulch, a new way to work out, the best way to work out at TrueMathFitness.com. It is also where you go to sign up for your first workout free as a Middle Tennessee resident. Superbook Sports. Download the app today. Wager on the NBA playoffs, the NHL playoffs, Major League Baseball, and all your favorite major sports. The best odds boost and promo bets out there available at Superbook.com. And the Ashton Real Estate Group of Remax Advantage. GaryAshton.com, the favorite real estate agent, the real estate agent that your favorite teams trust, the official real estate agent of the Intel Edge and the Nashville Predators, is GaryAshton.com. So, Rand Carthon today, pre-draft press conference. It took, uh, we were probably at St. Thomas Sports Park for about 45 minutes. This afternoon, we uh, wrapped up the radio show, sprinted on over from uh, Demumbrian, if you're uh, familiar with downtown Nashville, uh, sprinted from Demumbrian to Metro Center in a hurry and was there in time to cover Rand's uh, pre-draft press conference. So, there's a bunch of different things that we talked about talked about maneuvering in the draft, talked about quarterbacks, talked about Tannehill and Bayard. But the one thing that I think was probably the biggest headline to emerge out of this, because really not that much has changed from Rand Carthon and and in the evaluation process even, despite having done the 30 visits, right, where they fly guys in at the facility, where they visit with them in person, all these different things, beyond stuff like that, like nothing about the prospect evaluation has truly changed for Rand Carthon. But I did think it was notable what he had to say about Derrick Henry. The question that I want to ask you guys is, what did you learn? What was the most important thing that you learned today from Rand Carthon's press conference? It's your Two Rivers Ford take, and I'll let you know what he uh, had to say that caught my attention today. Overall, uh, you know, I don't think we necessarily learned anything groundbreaking about the Tennessee Titans draft process. Um, I thought that Rand just generally conducts a more relaxed and uh relaxed environment for people to be able to ask him questions. Now I saw somebody in the chat earlier mention Joe Rexro trying to get off basically a passage of war and peace in the middle of the press conference because he stumbled and bumbled around. And listen, I've done it too. It happens the best of us Joe. Uh, but he uh, he butchered his uh, one of his questions for Rand so badly that it ended up taking up about two minutes of valuable press conference time. But I did think that we he provided us transparency where he could, and you know, obviously was not willing to disclose certain things. But he did go out of his way to talk about Derrick Henry. Now I will uh, I will sh- share with you what he had to say here in just a second. Right after I remind you that your Two Rivers Four Take is presented. By Two Rivers Ford, where you go for award-winning customer service, for a non-commissioned sales staff that never puts pressure on you throughout the course of the car buying process, and for quality American-made Ford vehicles. Two Rivers Ford in Mount Juliet. Custom order your next Ford at Two Rivers Ford. So what did you learn? What was the most important thing that you learned from Rand Carthon's press conference? B. Jern says the fact that he openly admitted to asking Kevin Byard for pay cut. He did say that. Uh, he did not say whether pay, Kevin Bayard accepted or declined the pay cut, but he did say that he had talked to Kevin Bayard about two weeks ago and that he was in constant communication with Bayard's reps. Uh, let's see. According um, to Ran, what to what Ryan had to say, all these shows the last two weeks have just been talk. That's from Kenneth Davison on Facebook. I mean, well, yeah, and and that's that's true, but like the last three months have just been talk, right? Like nothing. I mean, very rarely does anything concrete result out of st- stuff like the like the two months between combine and the actual draft, right? Every once in a while something happens, but really anything consequential that's going to happen between the combine and the draft is going to happen during the draft, as opposed to the in the ramp up. Now, I mean, stuff like Laramie Tunsil. The gas mask, even that was a draft night thing, right? That was maybe an hour before the draft when it sent everything into a tailspin. Really, the two months of the uh, draft process in that, you know, dead zone, for lack of a better term. I mean, free agency, I guess, is in there but really yeah it's you know it's just a lot of people talking that's what we do we talk about football when there's not football we talk about football when there's not football to talk about or interesting things happening in football we come up with topics around football to talk about because football 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 pays the bills football does better ratings for me um you know I'd rather I, I hate pre-draft talk very much it's my least favorite thing to do of all the things. That I get to do. And you know, I'm still gonna do that rather than spend six minutes on the soccer team because you know what? You don't give a shit about the soccer team, you give a shit about football. That's that's what all the metrics for the until the end of time in this country around the world of sports bear out. So, yeah, the last two weeks, the last two months, Kenneth, have just been talk. I'm part of it. I tell you guys all the time, I talk about the things that are best for business. What's best for business is draft talk. So you take all this stuff with a grain of salt and every once in a while you get some new information, but really rarely is it actually consequential in the grand scheme of things. It's just something football related. It gives you a different way to talk about football when there's not actual football. Yeah. But I did think his, his strong stance on Derrick Henry and the rumors revolving around Derrick Henry were notable, um, in particular because Rand Carthon was asked about, uh, the has he taken any calls he was asked straight up had he taken any calls on Derrick Henry taken any calls not called anybody about trading Derrick Henry but had he received any calls about trading for Derrick Henry
0: and this was the Titans GM me, <laughs> you know about about Derrick no no I mean there's things I want to say that I won't because I got Robbie standing to my left um you know, I mean, it is what it is. I, You know, it's it's a part of the job. You know, I know people have their job to do to speculate and, you know, put things out and hope that it stick and hope hope that they're right. But um, I'll just lean on it this way because I've said it before. Um, we won't do business in public. We haven't. You know, you lean to we were trading Jeffrey Simmons. You know, we were doing all these things, and the entire time of us trading Jeffrey Simmons we were working on a deal. You know, and then we got the deal done, and every all of that talk went away, you know? So um, I always lean on taking care of the player, taking care of their families. I don't think it's fair to discuss, you know, publicly um, because not only do the players have to deal with it, but they got to receive these calls from their family members about what's going on in their personal life and in their career. And, you know, if I asked any of you in the crowd right now like what's your contract status are you going to be back with your publication next year you're not going to want to have that conversation with me you know so I try to protect the guys as much as I can and you know I think we've been transparent you know about you know things that have come up and you know um, you know, even down to KB you know when that report came out that he asked to be released or traded or whatever it was and that simply wasn't true and yes we did ask him you know for a pay cut that was, that was correct you know but at the same time you know, all our dealings are with the players and our players know where we stand with them. And so it's not a need to kind of touch on it. And if there's something that comes up, you know, we'll we'll address it as it comes. But I don't feel the need to kind of discuss, you know, their personal business publicly.
1: So that's Rand Carthon talking about Derrick Henry's situation. And I think that uh I think that in the in the grand scheme of things, it is difficult to imagine that Rand Carthon did not get a single call about Derrick Henry, right? And I'm not saying that I don't believe him. That man has given me zero reason to distrust him. It's early on in the uh relationship, uh, the working relationship, for lack of a better term, and you know, on a personal level. I've enjoyed talking around Carthon. Like there's nothing there to me that would indicate that that's a lie. He was very strong about it. He's saying no, he did not receive a single call about Derrick Henry this off season and even went so far as to say, you know, if not for the PR director standing off camera. Well, I certainly think, uh, that for the purposes of, uh, for the purposes of kind of keeping my cool, people are just kind of throwing stuff out there and hoping that they're right and certainly I've seen that happen hell it happened here locally and listen I I don't know who Jared Stillman was talking to about Kevin Byard I've had stuff like Robert Lucas were giving me a bunch of shit about the about Todd Downing today because I think that um you know I I had I had I had gotten a call from somebody that day that they ended up firing downing that morning. I think literally as I was walking to the radio studio saying, yeah, he's not getting fired. And then by, I think 5 PM that afternoon, he had been fired. And I was like, well, what the hell happened? What changed in the, you know, couple of hours that I was on the phone with somebody getting ready to say this into a, you know, into a microphone with credibility. And then all of a sudden, well, you know, what, what changed? And Todd Downing is out on the street uh, very quickly we've all gotten stuff wrong before and you never ever want to make mistakes especially when you're in the business of news because people's trust is something that's very hard to earn and it only takes one screw up for you to lose that credibility right now I so I know we've all made fun of Stillman for the Kevin Byard thing because he was wrong he was just flatly wrong and nobody else uh had been talking to the person or to anybody around the situation that had received similar information as Stillman, who got out there and said that Kevin Byard had requested a trade from the Titans. That was never true. Um, but again, every once in a while, you get something that you think is uh, is rock solid, you run with it, and it bites you in the ass. Uh, it's not an excuse. It's not a defense. It's just people screw up in their in their lines of work from time to time. Now you only get so many screw ups before one people stop listening to you, people stop trusting you. Um and you have to continue to get things right after the fact, right? You can't keep having, you can't have multiple screw ups in a in a matter of, you know, depending on what your line of work is and that's the trouble when you start to dabble in different areas from what otherwise your area of expertise is, you know? So I think that uh I think that when Rand Carthon is is mentioning this stuff, um, and the extent that he went to to deny that he had received a single call about Derrick Henry, I think that that is a uh, I think that's notable. I honestly think that that's probably the biggest headline to come out of this thing at this stage. You know what I'm saying? So with all that, uh, with all that being said. Um, I think that for, uh, I think that cause Troy Anderson says, Buck, you know, he received calls and here's the thing, Troy, I, I think it is hard for me to imagine that not a single NFL team, when we started off that press conference talking about, uh, when we started off that press conference talking about, yeah, everybody's calling everybody right now. Cause people are just nosy this time of year, right? You're trying to get Intel information. So in an, in an environment where literally every general manager is calling every other general manager on a regular basis just to kind of test the waters on stuff, that Derrick Henry didn't come up once in an expiring contract year. Yeah, man, it's hard for me to believe. Um but Troy saying I know he received calls. I don't definitively know that he received calls, right? I wasn't, I wasn't the person reporting. That he had received calls around Derrick Henry. We did talk about the reports. Um, they came from Mike Silver. Well, Mike Silver of of Valley Sports, formerly of the NFL Network, said they were actively shopping Derrick, which was later refuted. And then there was another report that came out that said the Titans had been taking calls on Derrick Henry. And Rand Carthon, flatly, you know, a couple months later, it said at a press conference today that, yeah, that's not true. So, Troy, I can't definitively say cannot definitively say that I know Rand Carthon received phone calls on Derrick Henry. Is it tough for me to envision that? Sure. Am I going to call the man a liar when to the best of my knowledge, he's never lied to me or by extension, you guys through media talking to media in a press conference setting before Uh, It'd be tough for me to accuse him of that with any, uh, with any, basis of fact, right? So certainly that's not something, uh, certainly that's not something that I wouldn't, would want to do. Um, Bryce Erickson says he's not buying it either. They gave Najee, uh, they have, oh, I don't know what, uh, they have Najee and McShay should stick to the direct. What is this about McShay and Najee and Schefter? I have no idea what the hell that's... This is the problem with the way that the new comments... Well, I guess it's not new. It's been over a year at this point. I'm just not used to the fact that when you guys are talking amongst each other, sometimes you're not talking to me in this program that we used does not discern between that. So, whatever's happening there. I don't know what Todd McShay and Najee Harris have to do with Derek Henry and trade rumors, but, uh, you know, it is what it is. Uh, Christopher says, facts aren't needed in 2023. Uh, or, facts aren't needed. It's 2023 LMAO. Well, listen i i hate that that's kind of the environment that we exist in right now but i will as somebody who is a uh as somebody who is a media entity or person right this is the space that i operate in this is you know i'm tasked with discerning and by extension disseminating news information about your favorite sports teams right both as you know in a In a previous role as a full-time beat reporter, and now I'm uh, a talk show host that still covers the team on a daily basis, even if I'm not what you would call a true blue beat writer anymore, right? Um, It doesn't seem that there's a great deal of accountability for people who botch reports. And I say that as somebody who, by my own admission, I have gotten things wrong in my career, right? Right. I think that if you do anything for long enough, you're going to screw up. Doesn't make it right, as I said. Doesn't mean that you should get another opportunity, but it does seem that there is a lack of accountability among people who can run with reports, whose reports don't get pushback until such time as a general manager like Carthon in a press conference setting is asked about it publicly, and then by then, you know, people don't have the attention span to care anymore, so they're just on to the next thing. Um I uh I I hate that. I wish that I wish that there was a uh I wish that one journalists did a better job. I also wish that uh the media environment wasn't so hostile between the relationship of people who do journalism and people who want the news, but you know, this is a, that's a personal self that's for selfish reasons. And you know, you just got to make the best of the situation and do the best job that you can and get things right. Um, Rodney Watson says, what about him saying that he wasn't going to discuss players, personal business buck? Well, what about it? I mean, that's, there's nothing different from that. I mean, the Titans have never negotiated publicly, right? Like that's, that's been company line for uh, all the general managers that I've covered. I only got one year of Rustin Webster. That was my first season. And then all I mean, John didn't get full a full seven seasons, but seven draft, seven off seasons of John. And then um, you know, Rand Carthon's in his first year right now. So that's I mean, that's always been company line. Malarkey did Mallarkey did get out there with players, personal stuff a little more often, Mike Malarkey, but not as a general manager. That was as the head coach. And, uh, Rabel obviously doesn't do that kind of stuff publicly. He is. He always says, uh, that the, uh, he always says that, uh, anything that he would say to us is something that he would absolutely say to the players, um, in person. But anyway, we don't have to spin our wheels on that. Derek Henry's not getting traded. Uh, a to Z sports prime time is presented by the Ashton real estate group of remax advantage. Get the Intel edge. You need to succeed at GaryAshton.com. Get your dream address without the stress with the Ashton Group, the official real estate agent of the Nashville Predators and of this streaming show can be found at garyashton.com. So, uh looking at uh looking at everything that we got out of Rand Carthon's press conference today and it went on for quite a while. There's a lot of ground covered and I do appreciate Rand being that generous with his time. Uh I'm sure that in a certain scenario Rand Carthon probably wanted to get up and have that done earlier than it did, but We did, I feel like, ask a lot of the pertinent questions and get a lot of feedback, certainly enough feedback to carry us through a week of pre-draft coverage and to stretch some of these answers out. So we'll certainly dive more into what Rand Carthon said tomorrow on the radio show uh, from 10 to 1, but obviously a massive trade in the NFL went down earlier this afternoon. Aaron Rodgers officially being moved to the New York Jets. Uh, question that I would like to ask you, how many games do you think the New York Jets are going to win with Aaron Rodgers at quarterback in 2023? We'll talk about it together. Uh, and like I said, we'll circle back to more Derek Henry, Ryan Tannehill, uh, all these different things tomorrow on the radio show because uh, we have three hours to talk about it there and you know, about uh, 25 to 45 minutes on any given primetime night to get in. How many games do we think the New York Jets will win now that they have acquired Aaron Rodgers? We'll discuss that together right after I remind you that the primetime program is made possible by TrueMath Fitness in the Gulch. TrueMathFitness.com is where you go for your first workout free and to find out all about their great membership options, whether you are somebody who likes group classes, personal training, or just wants the latest greatest open gym concept available to you. True Math fitness in the Gulch is your place to work out and accomplish your fitness goals. Go to true for your first workout free. So how many games do we think Aaron Rodgers is going to win with the New York Jets? It was I, I DVR NFL live every day uh, to try and find different ways to talk about the same shit in football <laughs> on a regular basis um, to try and see, you know, keep up with things around the league. Cause obviously I cover one team. Um, but there's 31 other ones out there that impact the one that I cover. So you try to keep up with as many different going, goings on as humanly possible. And I think, and honestly, I don't think there's a better football program out there on television than NFL live. I think the cast is exceptional and and informed. And I think that the, uh, the content is always both informative and entertaining. So kudos to, uh, Mina and Laura Rutledge and, uh, uh, Marcus Spears and the rest of that cast, I think they do a really good job. So I DVR it every day. And I, ha- I just happened to be home after Rand Carthon's press conference and I was watching NFL live, live. And Adam Schefter was on NFL live doing a television hit and in the middle of the NFL live hit, decided that he was going to break probably the biggest news of this NFL off season.
2: Oh, Laura, we have breaking news right now. Uh, breaking news. Aaron Rodgers officially is being traded to the New York Jets. And it just came down moments ago in a trade involving six picks. Aaron Rodgers is going to the New York Jets. It's official. It is happening. Finally, after all this time, we've been waiting for this trade to happen, and now it is. And here are the details of the trade that just came down. The Jets are sending their first-round pick this year, their second-round pick this year. Sorry. Well, hold on! Sorry. Big swaggoo, hold on. Sorry. Their second-round pick sorry. next year, it's a conditional pick. They get back, they get back the Packers' first-round pick this year and a fifth-round pick, but the trade is coming down. Aaron Rodgers is going to be a Jet. It is official. The two sides are in agreement right now, and essentially, here are the terms of the trade that I can give you exactly as it stands. The Jets... And again, this is in real time, so it's coming in. Aaron Rodgers, pick number 15 in the first round. A 2023 fifth-round pick, number 170. The Packers get pick number 13. A 2023 second-round pick, number 42. The Jets' first-round pick, first pick in the second round. A sixth-round pick, number 207. A conditional 2024 second-round pick that becomes a one if Rodgers plays 65% of the plays this year. And so the trade that we've been waiting for finally has been agreed to. Aaron Rodgers is being sent to the Jets, and the Jets have a quarterback, and the Packers have extra draft capital and extra draft ammunition.
3: Adam, fascinating as you hear the haul on both sides and how this ended up going down. I think that conditional pick is what really sticks out to me based on Rodgers' play, but I just want to follow up with this. How did they finally get to this point? It feels like the first-round picks had to have been involved here, certainly, especially for the Packers' side of things.
2: Well, Laurel, listen, it's draft week, and both sides need to get this done. The Packers need the draft capital to surround Jordan Love with those picks, and the Jets want their quarterback. He wants to be a part of the offseason program. And so it was only a matter of time before they got this deal done. They've been talking here in recent days trying to get this worked out. And now, officially, it is agreed to. And there you see the terms of the trade that just went down, a historic trade. The second time the Jets have gotten a trade done like this with the Packers, you remember the last time they traded for Brett Ford. That was a conditional fourth-round pick, a conditional fourth-round pick. This This time the trade is done. And obviously you see the extensive terms there that we discussed, but it's a historic deal in this particular situation.
1: So that's courtesy of NFL live. Stephen King says, I think Adam Schefter takes pre-workout before every show. Listen, um, I know, I I know Adam Schefter's financial details are out there. I I think Schefter makes something like $9 million a year. I don't think you could pay me $9 million a year to do Adam Schefter's job. That man He seems to handle it well. It's an incredibly difficult job. I think he has to be awake all the time. I can't imagine a world where Adam Schefter gets more than two hours, three hours of sleep at any any given point, because that's the news breaking business. And he's responsible for all 32 NFL teams. And there's not anybody I think in our industry that does it better, does it uh, more efficiently than Schefter does. That's why he and it's it's a dopamine hit. It's it's adrenaline boost. It's all those things. To break news like that, especially when you're live on national television, you got to have some stones to do the job that Adam Schefter does. So I, I do have a lot of respect for Adam Schefter, even though I know he's taken some uh, PR hits in the last couple of years. Um, I will say, though, that the Jets getting Aaron Rodgers, any scenario that you could envision for Ryan Tannehill not being on this roster, uh, for the Titans in 2023, I think that just nixed it. The Jets, that would really be the only situation that made sense. And even then, the, the Jets would have to clear something like 27, more than $27 million to be able to acquire Ryan Tannehill plus draft capital. It's just, it wasn't really ever a feasible solution, just kind of a Hail Mary scenario if the Rodgers thing went up in flames. But the Jets do acquire Aaron Rodgers and yet another – uh hugely talented and high profile quarterback now resides in the AFC. So now to be able to come out of the AFC, if you're a team like the Tennessee Titans that is trying to gut their way out, you have to go through in some form or fashion, Aaron Rodgers, Josh Allen, Miami, and what they're building around Tua. Uh, I don't know what the Patriots are right now, but I know that they're always going to be a pain in the ass, no matter how bad their roster is. You have Kansas city, Uh, we'll see if Russell Wilson is able to be a reclamation project, Justin Herbert with a new offensive coordinator, you have Baltimore with Lamar Jackson until further notice, Joe Burrow, Deshaun Watson, uh, and Kenny Pickett, who Mike Tomlin still found a way to win nine games with last year, much less that you can't even have the best quarterback in your own division right now. And it's entirely possible that you end up. Hit with the worst quarterback situation in your division, should the Texans and the Colts take two of the top prospects in this year's draft? It is a it is murderers row in the AFC. It was already murderers row. And now we have Rodgers coming in uh, to the AFC with a much better roster than I think he's had in quite some time. In Green Bay. JR says, didn't Tannehill spank Rodgers this past season? Well, one quarterback can't spank another because there's nothing that one quarterback does against another quarterback that would lead to one's uh, other than to outscore the other quarterback. And no, I didn't spank Aaron Rodgers. They did score the most points, I think, that they did or that they had in any uh, game this past season, which I want to say was. Did they score 24 points? I don't think it was 27. I don't think the Titans scored 27 points all year long. It might have been 27. Something, the stat, I think, was something like the Titans hadn't scored 28 points in a football game all season last year. But I do remember Green Bay being their highest uh, scoring output. All those quarterbacks that Buck named are better than Tannehill. I, you know, I don't think that, like Kenny Pickett, I mean, Russell Wilson certainly wasn't. So. You know, I think you would nitpick uh, up and down if you wanted to, but it's not it's not an easy situation. Troy Anderson says 27. So they did, but I do believe that the number, the the statistic was that they did not score 28 points in a single football game last season that the 27 was the max. No, they didn't spank them. They won by 10. They won by 10 because Aaron Rodgers is out there missing layup throws with a busted thumb. And, you know, credit to the Titans offense, they did enough that day. But spank Aaron Rodgers? No, that's that's very... Uh, revisionist history. Um, I will say that it was on November 17th and it was the last football game that your football team won last season. So, uh, tough scene. JR says, yards thrown, Buck. What do I give a shit about? Yards thrown. Yards thrown. You know you know who ha- had many, many 300-yard passing games in his NFL career? <laughs> Blake Bortles. You know why Blake Bortles? Phillip Rivers had a bunch of 300-yard passing games in his career? Because they're chasing. Go rewatch the tape. I'm going to say this in as polite of terms as possible. Mother bleeper. I've watched the tape. I watch every game because I'm at every game because that's what my job is. I rewatch every game because it's my job to be as informed about this football team as humanly possible. I'm not here sitting bragging on my own credentials, but go rewatch the tape when your big brained argument is yards thrown, which isn't even of all the different ways to say total passing yards in the NFL lexicon, yards thrown, lobbed out there as a statistic, is about the is about the lowest level, lowest common denominator, <laughs> just simpleton way to approach the idea of passing yards in a football game. Yes, it was your best game last year. Congratulations to you. But if your argument for the Titans spanking Aaron, Aaron Rodgers is yards thrown. What on earth do you know about football and what legitimacy does your argument carry at this point in time? It's not a personal attack. I don't think you're a dumb person. I just think you've chosen an argument that is particularly dumb and that you are not well-equipped to argue on behalf of. Yards thrown is the measurement for Ryan Tannehill spanking Aaron Rodgers in a game. What is this, fantasy football? Did you start Ryan Tannehill in your keeper league? What is it that has you convinced that passing yards... Counting stats, no less. In a world of advanced analytics, when we've got more information on football, on the way that football players perform, on the execution of team, where we have boiled this down to as close to a perfect science as humanly possible. This dude's walking in here (laughs) to a gunfight with a knife saying yards thrown. (laughs) Somebody call the police. But not for me, yards thrown. Holy hell. I just, I can't imagine a world where somebody on a regular basis watches football like that, comes in here strong with, we spanked Aaron Rodgers, and then presents that to me. <laughs> Can you imagine? No, couldn't be me. But apparently it's J.R. I award you no points, sir, and may God have mercy on your soul. <laughs> Austin Stanley says, "LOL, dear God, yeah, I know that was a little much. I'm sorry. Every once in a while, though, I just got to do it to wake myself up a little bit. Austin, like it's eight o'clock at night, like it's the end of the show. It's almost nine. I little, I need a little bit of juice. Sometimes you get, you just gotta. Also, my shoulder's been hurting. I'm a little agitated. I've been bitching about that to Robert all day. Uh, I could use an aspirin. It would feel nice. It's because I did. It's because I didn't. Uh, I didn't. I usually go to the health club after work, and instead I went to Ring Carson's press conference, and now I'm a little crappy. <laughs> sorry, Jay." All right, let's uh, let's Speaking of uh, speaking of theatrics and uh, performance, let's go ahead and put Bert on the screen and let's talk about what we missed in sports this week with Man on the Street,
3: the Red Flash, Robert Walsh. Hi, God, I hate you so much. That that graphic on the side, I hate that that picture exists. And I wish JR would hang out in the comments section. Anyway, I don't want to waste time. We had a busy day today, Buck. In case you missed it, we're going to talk about top 10 passers from last year since you were so infatuated with it last segment.
1: Let's please do more counting stats. Before we do that, though, I am going to remind the audience that the Primetime Show is made possible by Superbook Sports. This is going to look ugly. Download the Superbook Sports app. And they will get you in on all the action, whether you're betting the Miami Milwaukee game right now, Lakers and Grizzlies game four coming up here in just a little bit. No better place to wager than Superbook Sports. So download the app today. Go to superbook.com for the best odds, boosts, and promo bets out there, as well as terms and conditions. Gambling problem, call the Tennessee Redline 1 800 889
3: 9789. Like I was saying, we had a busy day today, Buck. We had the Rand Carthon press conference. Uh, We had the Aaron Rodgers news come out. We've had a lot of stuff. So something might have slipped by your, your, your little Twitter fingers today. Did you see what the Texans tweeted? They tried to slip it out in the middle of the day like none of us would notice. Did you miss it or did you see
1: it? No, I think I saw this uh, right when I was getting ready to drive into work. Is are you referring to this very very angsty uh, post (laughs) that the Houston Texans put out to start their
3: draft week? What the hell does that mean? What what the hell are we talking about? Like, I
1: assume if you are bringing this to the table, that you have provided said post for the audience. Yes, there it is. So this courtesy of the Houston Texans on Twitter. It's just a tweet that says forward, and if you can't read this, um ironically shitty gothic looking text (laughs) that they have decided to compose with what looks like I see a Texans helmet and I see a football up in the air for all I know that could be a Texans player getting mossed I can't determine whether that's a Texans wide receiver making a play on the football or not either way failure is not an option it's a necessity every misstep I thought that's it I thought that was mystery misspelled every misstep is a lesson learned. It's like they Cam Newton fonted this. Every setback, a chance to go str- to grow stronger. Embrace the struggle and become unstoppable. I- <laughs> now, now look, what, Bert. What the hell did I just read?
3: I, well, you didn't read it that well. You're kind of just like hand signing it, but that's okay. There's <laughs> nothing wrong with that. I I don't know what the hell they're talking about. I I don't know where. Like no, and I did a little background on the player that's in that picture. So the only player that's number one on their team this year or last year is Jimmy Ward, who they mm-hmm. just signed this off season. So how the hell would they have a picture of him in a Titans uniform? They couldn't even, they don't even have a player on last year's roster that could encompass the struggle that they, that this, this post is talking about. But anyway, I wanted to break this down because the question for in case you missed it is who the hell are the Texans picking at number mm-hmm. two? Because this whole week, uh, coming into the draft, all we heard was, oh, it's going to be one of the quarterbacks. Whichever one doesn't go number one. And now this week, we've got Will Anderson. We've got uh, Wilson out of uh, Texas Tech, I believe. So all these different names are getting thrown in here of who they're going to pick. And I think that this post, this cryptic-ass post, is pointing us to who they're going to draft. Who last year, Buck, do you think struggled? more than any of the other prospects that are being talked about at the top of this draft. Who had to fight adversity and will become unstoppable because of that adversity?
1: From last year's draft?
3: Yep. No, from this year's draft that that they could possibly select.
1: Oh, well, I mean, I guess... Would it be Will Levis's dietary choices? I don't know who's facing overwhelming adversity in this draft class. Are you here to inform me?
3: I'm here to inform you that you are correct. It's not his dietary. It is his entire body. It is Will Levis. And when you look at Will Levis, look at, I want you to bring you back to this shitty gothic font. As oh, you no. Look, Wait. Yeah, look at the font that is on this tweet and then go back to the font that is on that, <laughs> that shitty bicep tattoo. The Texans are taking Will Levis at number two. You got to look at the signs. You have to stay with me. I don't know who else it could be. What the hell are they talking about? The Texans are taking Will Levis at number two. I rest my case.
1: You've just Zapruder filmed the shit out of this thing. (laughs) Bravo to you, producer Walsh. In case you missed it this week. Well done by the red flash. Back to the shadows.
3: See you next week.
1: (laughs) That's Burt. Ladies and gentlemen, if you want more Burt and Lucas, uh 1045 the zone from 10 to 1 is where you can hang out with the three of us. Uh so, yes, we <laughs> Scary Harry Flanagan says no regrets. Uh what's it, it's not horrible bosses, but it's another Jennifer, Jennifer Aniston uh movie. And I can't remember the lead actor. I want to say it's Jason Sudeikis. Uh Jason Sudeikis. Um but the no regerts tattoo is basically what Will Levis has. Now, I don't know what the what the biblical verse on there is. It may have deep personal meaning to him. And if he wants to put it on his bicep, he's gotten bigger and better looking biceps than I do. More power to Will Levis. But also, I love the idea that the Red Flash just shut down the case. The Texans officially taking Will Levis second overall. All right, that right, we're the Millers. Thank you, Mr. Jones. Excellent work by you. All right, that's going to do it for us tonight. Thank you guys for being good sports, as always, uh, for putting up with me when I have the occasional temper tantrum. From time to time, it only means that I'm excited, that I'm, you know, super angsty. Call me the Houston Texans because I'm angsty. It's draft week. Have a great rest of your night, and I'll talk to you tomorrow morning on 104.5 The Zone, if I don't catch you there. Primetime starts at 8 p.m. here on A to Z Sports.